Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm your host and Dungeon Master Kenny. I have with me the entirety of my party for the Rap Beat campaign, starting with our fighter with no paladin levels. Uh, that would be Becky, played by Tyler. Our paladin with fighter levels. That would be Torin, played by James. Our cleric. Masami, played by Katie. Our barbarian. Ahanzi, played by Melanie. And our warlock. So when we last left off, the party had recently made their way into the great city of Yal, and uh, they had met some interesting characters, got straight up uh, interrogated by one of the captains of the guard. Uh, You know, they know that they're in the fourth ward of the city of Yal, and uh, they were offered a leaflet for some sort of brothery. Uh, lots, brothel. Lots uh, of other teams from from Rapik have been coming in. Right. Well, we don't we don't know if it's other teams or if it's just people in general. We hadn't gotten that far. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they uh, went and did some shopping, and I think that you guys just sort of had like the the back third of the day still to sort of make some decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, we gotta find the dude, but everyone's trying to find the dude. So what can we do that nobody else is doing? Um, since I am from the city, do I know of anybody? Um, do, do I have any contacts? Um, you or anybody that I would trust to have information about where to? So I asked this before, and I want to make sure that we're keeping it consistent. What ward did you live in? I gave a number and I don't remember. Because um, I, I don't I, think it's I don't think it's this ward. No, I think I said just two last time. Okay, so even though two and four aren't that far from each other, the underbellies of each ward are very different. Okay. And as was pointed out to you all by uh, the Shadowstalker, the captain, um, there's very little crime in this ward mainly due to her and the guard of it mm-hmm. so <clears throat> you might know where to talk to and you might know like some big names in the area but they don't really come to you right now um, so you don't have a lot of connections in this ward but if you guys traveled to your ward, you would be able to find out some stuff. And you do know where to start. You know that the fourth ward has a lot of... Um, because of how the captain of the guard in this ward conducts themselves, there's very little street crime. And what crime there is in the fourth ward has adapted... Uh, sorry. Sorry. Um, has adapted... To accommodate that. So, like, there's a fair amount of, like, higher crime. Theft does happen, but it's on properties. Not, like, there's no street muggings, really. No cut purses. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll tell the party this. Um, 
and say, if we want to travel across the city a little bit and go you know, to my old stomping grounds, uh, I may be able to you know, to find out some information from people I know. Um, you know, or we can you know, hang around, hang around here. But like I said, so, keeping with your background feature, you do know where to get started here. Mm-hmm. But like you, you don't know what the most valuable good is to the people here. You know. Uh, so what do you guys think? Um, I would say that probably starting to find stuff within this ward, if the wards act so differently, might not be a bad idea if you can start pulling out a thread. Yeah, my worry is that, you know, if those other groups of people did come here to do the same thing that we did, you know, if everyone starts pulling on that thread, then everyone's going to be, you know, trying to run the same race, as it were. True. Um, do you know anybody? But how that... many of them are also from the city? I think we. I think you are giving us a significant advantage as far as where to start asking. Yeah. Even if we're doing the same thing everyone else is, we could still try to do it faster. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm. I'm a stranger here, so I'll I'll follow your lead. Not to mention, traveling from one ward to another is like half of a day on foot. Gotcha. Yeah, y'all big. Yeah. We also, just by nature of our own natures, like, we we stick out like a very sore thumb. Yeah. In some regards, yeah. But, like, (laughs) bear in mind, the guard is incredibly diverse. Oh, yeah. Since you guys went to the barracks, you would have even seen, like, other yak folk amongst the guard. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. I have no doubt of that. Just us traveling together in our very, like, we don't look like any kind of professional unit. Like, we're all wearing vastly different armors. True, but I feel like this is also the New York City of this world to where it's a big city with a lot of weird-ass people in it just by the True. sheer numbers. True. I, I, I could be wrong. Pointing out how different we all look and how easily we would be to pick out because of how distinct we are. Yeah. I would say that we probably don't necessarily stick out to the average citizen of the city, but maybe if somebody yeah. were looking for us specifically, they might be able to pick us yeah. out. But we, I mean, yeah. outside of the, the guard captain and and maybe that blacksmith who we might have pissed off, but not really. Like, who the fuck is going to be looking for us? Blacksmith that we pissed off? The haggling that we did last time. Uh, right, mean, and then you guys paid him like. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, then, then we bought him a new house. Not really part. Yeah. <laughs> of the, they pissed him yeah. off, but not really. Oh yeah. You furled his brow, but you know I, you put bread on the table. Furled his brow. I put I put way more money in his hands than yeah. your your average customer probably it just, would. It just means we're eight out of ten reputation with that blacksmith instead of ten out of ten reputation right. with that blacksmith. <laughs> if we leave a good Yelp review, I'm sure he'll forgive a lot. <laughs> nice parking, very friendly staff. But yeah, so, uh, no. what's let's, your let's, decision? Let's start on uh, Tesla's uh, leads, I guess. Yeah. Alright, so you know that there's a couple of like, 
go-tos in this ward, uh, Thistle. Okay. You know, one of them is a old, uh, like an old woman, and she runs an apothecary. And she's one of those apothecaries where she doesn't really care where things come from. If it's good magical ingredients, she'll buy them. She doesn't like being called a fence, but she basically is one. Okay. And then your other big lead that you know of is kind of like uh, he runs like a gaming store. Like he is partnered with carpenters and bonesmiths who make toys and dice and sort of entertainment for the upper echelon. Nice. Um, you know, I'll ask the party, like, hey, do we have any kind of rare ingredients? Well, I have 20 pounds of catablepistic skin. Cool. <laughs> Maybe we'll be able to use that, like, as a, as a bargaining. I mean, they're, like, four days old, but... You know, is that what stinks? Maybe they maybe they would like fermented ketoblopus skin. Well, let me check my thing. Mm. I got a lot of rope. I don't think that's gonna do anything. Again, I have twenty pounds. <laughs> it is quite heavy. I've been looking around. It's probably been getting smellier by the day. Well, not really. After a while, that shit dries up. That's fair. I've got some gems and things that I might be able to trade. I, I think to, I think it might be. It it might be worthwhile to give twenty pounds. And who knows? It might be I one of those sort of things where buying things from her might be more pro, uh, more useful than selling things. Right. Well, yeah. I was, you know, trying to use that as like a bargaining chip or a way to get in the door. Um. So, you know, I'll, I'll tell them about the two options. Um, you know, wh which one do you think we should start with? Let's try the, the apothecary and see if they'll take my 20 pounds of cataplipa skin in exchange for uh, um, information. Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right. So, <clears throat> you all... Uh... Oh, wait, but before we go... Um, mm -hmm. So, I haven't ever really had to get use my my mask of many faces um because like you know we were doing one-off jobs every time um so now that we're in a city like my city um i want to like you know, find an alley or a, a bathroom or something um where i can go and you know, just find myself um i think the two voices and i wouldn't have gotten a third voice when i leveled up when i no you have to Sort of record a third voice. Okay. Ooh, well, my two voices right now are Roger the Pitless and the Beholder. I don't want to pretend to be either of those guys. Um. All right, I'll keep right, my. Then. I'm sorry. I said all right then. We're well, talking those NPCs. I know. No, I. <laughs> I Roger would probably have some clout. Teacher, but. Being a beholder first thing out the gate seems like bad decisions. Yeah, um, nobody. So I will just make myself not look like myself. Like, I'm a half-elf. I'll just make myself look, you know, human, female. Um, I'll keep my voice uh, because neither of those two will work for right now. Okay. 
So do you share that with your party, or do you just sort of walk back over? <laughs> this one was just leading us to the apothecary. I don't know where the hell she went. <laughs> like we set, she set her back. She just had to we be leave her. her back. We leave her unattended for five minutes. Oh, uh, I mean, did did we not come up with like a code word way back when tangerine or something? Um, I don't think so, but I also don't really remember. Okay. Well, no, I'll tell them that it's me. <laughs> okay. You could also just be like, "Hey, it's Thistle." Yeah. Like, well, you still sound like you. But my point is that if you don't tell them before you walk <laughs> away and you just walk back up and you're like, hey, I'm Thistle. You know. <laughs> Which? Troll City's a wild place. <laughs> it could just be some doppelganger being like, hello, <laughs> friends. It is I, your partner, Thistle. Wait, you don't look like Thistle. Prove to me you're Thistle. Uh, hey, see that kid over there? Why don't you go shoot him? Ow. I would never shoot a child. I... That's... Maybe just... Press X to down. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, Thistle... I shoot out of one, but I would never shoot one. Thistle, uh, changes to a uh, human form. And, uh... But keeps your voice the same. Yep. <clears throat> so, you guys... Approach a, I wouldn't say a seedier part of town because the fourth ward is rather nice. Um, but even though you're in a residential street, you see that one of the houses is decored differently and it has sort of a wider little stoop to it. And sitting on the stoop is a sort of younger male dwarf. Who is in a who has a very sort of rakish, bravado-y, you know, I'm talking like golden age of piracy level of attire. So like uh, okay. most of his chest is exposed to the open air. He has a sort of short, well kept beard, and he's smoking a sizable pipe. Nice. Uh, and you I'm imagining see... Varric adjacent. Yes, no? Sure, that's fine. <laughs> um and, and above the door that has a single little bronze bell on a long hanging, like, hand that seems to be skeletal in nature. Although it's hard to tell if it's wood or just bone. Um, and a sign that says, Cass's Cosmatorium. Hmm. And the dwarf, the dwarf sort of sees you all clearly heading towards the establishment when he sort of taps the pipe out on the step that he's sitting on, he goes, Good evening. No need to put that out for us. You can continue to enjoy. Uh, it's finished. I wouldn't dare waste tobacco on the likes of you. No offense, of course. I just don't know you. Right. Um, that's, that's completely fair and valid. Uh, I'll be allowed into the apothecary, please. Well, I'd be curious, of course. What's your business with Mama Cass? Oh, I've got 20 pounds of catablepa skin that I'd like to uh, exchange for her. Hmm. I imagine the old Mama would love to see that sort of thing. Uh, but you'll have to wait. She's uh, working with somebody right now. She's working with somebody? Uh-huh. 
Who is she working with? I guess that's none of my business. He like looks you up and down and then looks at your friends and goes, it's a very in-depth question for someone I don't know. It's a very short answer for somebody I don't know. How about we keep it real short with the word shorter on me, okay, bud? Oh, I mean, I'm he's not very... Sorry. I, I'm just going to kind of pat... <laughs> I'll, I'll pat uh, Becky on the head and, like, he's not very tall either. It's all right. I was raised by your kind, you know? Like, you know, I'm, I'm very, very homey. He begins to pack another pipe. Maybe, maybe, like, Tommy maybe not like calling baseballs. people... Yeah, maybe not calling people your kind either. Well, it's okay, because I was raised by him, I think. That's not an excuse. <laughs> That's not how anything works, actually. Can I, can I make an inside check to see if they're roughing up the poor old shopkeeper inside or if they're actually doing business? If I can, uh, if there's any kind of... Uh, um, an inside check? If there's um, any kind of malin or, uh, with it, like, uh, with it, or is it... Just does like, he have any malice in his words, you mean? Yeah. Sure, go ahead. That's the word. No. That was almost really good. Insight. Ten. So, he uh, lights his pipe and cocks a brow and one eye at Becky. And after he takes a big hearty puff and billows out a little sort of fog roll of smoke down his belly, he looks over his shoulder at the window and back to Becky and goes, you concerned for Mama Cass, boy? Well, you know, I've got to do business with somebody. Not here, she's the best. Well, whoever told you that's crock-a-shit. But... Really? I'll tell you what, if you're concerned for her, then you'd be concerned for me first. Because, and I'll tell you this for free, stranger. If anyone ever wanted to put one of the gray hairs off of Mama Cass's ass, they'd have to kill me twice first. That's quite impressive. It's unfortunate oh. for an old woman to have enemies, is what it is. He takes another big draw of his pipe. Well, I, I assure you, we are not we are not among any enemies of hers. Oh, I know that for a fact. Is there a time that we can come back later when she's not so busy? I don't imagine you'll have to wait much longer, so if you find some patience and all that fur, I imagine you'll get to see her today. Yeah, and if we leave, you know, who's to say that somebody else won't come up and take the time that we would have had? He, like, gestures to Thistle with his pipe and goes, a little bit of wisdom in the... Someone who seems unsure of himself. (laughs) Interesting. All right, well, I guess we'll just wait politely then. Sorry if we've disturbed you in any way. Not at all. This is my job. Yeah, but you know, it's it's not your job. Well, it shouldn't be your job to deal with anybody who make, makes you upset. It should should be nice to other people whenever we can. He gives you a long look, and he says, after taking smile. another hit from his pipe, "Stranger, if I found you unpleasant enough." To not want to deal with you, I'd have broken one of your legs and have your more healthy friends take you home. Wouldn't be the first time. 
I'll just wait patiently until uh, um, until somebody comes out, or you know, until we're allowed in. Uh, at this point, the dwarf looks over to uh, Masami and says, "You smell like coal and fire, lass. What's your profession?" I'm a smith. Figured as much. What you make? And I literally gestured this, this several of the weapons that I have on me. I, well, I, I made this and I made that and, you know, gestured some of the armor. This was a couple of days of work. Uh, I also made, and I'm going to point to whatever weapons the other team members might have on them. They still have that I made. I've got my new stuff on. Do you cherish yeah. making those things, miss? I, I do. Almost that's religiously, in fact. You might want to bring that up to Mama Cass when you all ask for what you're going to ask. Okay. Is she also Ooh. a smith, or...? Uh, she deals in many things, and she makes more. Uh, you'll all learn soon enough. I believe she's just finishing up with who she's working with. Pardon me. He takes a last big draw from his pipe and taps it out on the stair again, and you can see at this point that there's a bit of smattering of little pitch marks on the steps next to where he sits. Clearly, he spends a fair amount of time sitting there. But he hoists himself up and uh, steps up the stairs backwards and opens the door. Just in time for a pair of people, a older elven man and a younger half-elven woman. Uh, she has a massive smile on her face, and the older elf sort of matches that glee. Uh, they are too busy being adorable to one another with uh, public displays of affection to hardly give the party any attention whatsoever. <laughs> inside the door, just inside the door, you all can see pretty much exactly what you imagined you'd find here. The envisionment, or the envisionment, the the embodiment of the word hag, old, crone-like, twisted gray nests of hair on her shoulders and top of her head. She is crooked over a small walking cane that uh, is just as gnarled as her posture. You're not sure how many things outside of herself live on her, but you swear you can see several parts of her hair move of its own volition. She's clad in maroons and blood-colored robes, uh, but wears a evil, wide, cheerful grin, and like a Cheshire cat, beckons you all to come inside with a hearty thunderbeard, you silly boy. Why would you be so cruel to these strangers? Can't you tell that they're not from anywhere here? You smell like the sea. Ratbeak, even. Hmm. I haven't been there in a while. You all should come inside and get away. It's about to thunder. Oh, thank I you like so her already. Not, I am not one to shirk the wisdom of old women, and I will hastily duck inside. Yep. Yeah. Masami and Ahanzi are very much in the same realm of like, okay, this is somebody who this this is this is a this is a village elder, and you do right. not say no when they say jump. 
You do not say no to Graham Graham. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, the moment you all sort of pile in, I assume everyone comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mere seconds later, you hear Thunderbeard, presumably the dwarf on the front porch, uh, come up to the door and lean against the door uh, to be just under what little um, overhang there is outside the front door. And seconds later, with a sort of, maybe some of you look over your shoulder to see confirmedly, it begins to downpour rather heavily. Wow. Dang. But you all sort of take in a view of uh, Cass's Cosmatorium. And it looks like about 30% more apothecary than your average apothecary. <laughs> um, but it doesn't look like a head wizard's or a head witch's like alchemy home. Things are organized. They're on shelves. They're in racks. This is definitely a store. But the majority, maybe a good third or two-thirds of the stores, uh, I guess I imagine like this. So this room is a square. Uh, and imagine like a, like a baseball diamond. <clears throat> and you know how like some baseball diamonds have like... Jeez, I'm not I'm not I'm not portraying this well, so I'm just going to draw it because I'm not doing it otherwise. Um, but imagine, if you will, a sort of squarish room where the right side, the front side are sort of dedicated to goods and uh, products and a lot of alchemical ingredients that it seems to be the majority of what's on offer. Um, even you also see that there's a selection of just pieces of timber, like hardwood and softwood. Let's say it looks a bit like that with like a meh <laughs> filled with a little bit of meh. Meh. A little bit of miss Yeah, kind of like that. And just one little last touch. Because if I'm going to paint on the spot, because I'm not prepared, then at least I'm going to make it sound fun. I'm okay with this. Alright, I'm going to post it here in a second. So imagine, if you will, that is the layout of Mama Cass's Cosmoporium. Oh, I know. The red sections are goods. The maroon square is the door. Um, and you're all sort of standing in that little, like, white negative space intersection between the door and the gray square's bottom right corner. Um, that whole gray space seems to be maybe a seance area. It's got magic circle vibes, but there is a fair amount of comfy throw pillows and short chairs for, for seating. And uh, Mama Cass goes to the far right corner and sits down in what could best be described as a really comfy looking chair. 
And uh, she begins to knit, and a little gray and black striped tabby sort of nuzzles by her feet and uh, stretches real broadly as she uh, looks up at you all. The, the cast does. And she goes, so, instead of just pretending that I know, what are you all to see Mama Cass about? Uh, well, we're hoping you could give us some uh, knowledge. Well, that's what everyone comes to see Mama Cass about, boy. What is it exactly you're looking to know? Um, we need to find somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure maybe you've had other people come to you today looking for the same person. Oh, I suppose that's a possibility, but you're going to have to start being more specific. Is he tall? Looking... Is he short? Is it a she? Is it something that they don't like to say? Uh, short, man, goblin. The former ruler of Ratbeak before the current regent. Ah. Yes, I know the old green boy you look for. We believe he's fled somewhere to Yal. Hmm. Well, he's definitely in this ward. That's but what are you all going to pay to know? I have 20 pounds of catoplepha skin. Ooh. And then I'll just, like, flop it out. <laughs> Gross. Not, like, flop it on the ground or anything, but, like, you know, unroll it and then, like, hold yeah. it in front of me like I'm about to do one of those, uh, uh where'd, the, the, where'd my human go videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so she sort of beckons you all into the little seance area, uh, and, uh, you know, sort of suggests that you all sit in a little line in front of her so she doesn't have to turn her head, and asks Becky to come forward and lay out the skin so she can take a look at it in front of her. I do so. So she takes a sort of sizable look at it and goes hmm very interesting yes I will take this but this is enough for some things and I will even offer you something from my shop for it but knowledge is not material my boy and what I want isn't material either well since we were since we were able to tell you what we wanted, perhaps you could tell us what you like. Well, that's the problem with my business, young man, and good yakish fellow. Ma'am? Miss? Sir? I can never tell. It doesn't really matter. Miss. Agreed. Doesn't matter. But I want something special from each of you. Something that you can't give away easily. Something that I have to take. Uh... Could you be any more specific, please? I'm not so sure what it is you're asking for. I'm afraid I'm quite a materialistic person. You may need to elaborate more. 
What did Thunderbeard talk to you all about before you came in? She wants an ability, a memory, something intangible. A skill, perhaps. I mean, he asked me about my smithing. And he Are also you asked a smith, about your dear? ability. I, I am. I'm, I'm a cleric and a smith. And I trust that those things are very important to you. Religiously so. Her grin sort of proceeds, uh, and she even stops knitting for a moment before continuing. Have you made something here before me? Have have I made something here? Yes. Yes. uh, Several of, I, I just point to the, you know, I've got my, I've got a, my glaive that was something that I had been working on for a while before I was able to finish it. Um, I've made parts of my armor. I've made several of my weapons. I've made, you know, I've, I pull out my holy symbol that is just literally scrap tiles of when I was first learning how to smith and what the true meaning of it was. For a loved one, a friend. I, I don't have too many friends that I've made things for that I still have. Um, Do you not have five, four friends here? She hasn't made anything for me. I think sharp stuff. I'll, I'll pull the spear that, uh, that Masami gave me, uh, from, from the quiver on my back and kind of hold it out. You made Um, this, did you not? I did. At that, uh, you're going to hear um, Mama Cass utter a single draconic word. Uh, For those who understand it, she says, fetch. Um, And she sort of lifts her foot, almost like a kick, but not with the force of it or with the abruptness of a kick. And the cat is going to, like, morale very exhaustedly and will (laughs) prance over and sort of scratch at the plate metal armor that you wear, Masami. Yeah. Uh, And it is going to intensely burn for a second. Oh, God. Uh I'm assuming, well, sorry, the good news is I'm resistant to heat at this point. It doesn't damage you, but it's just, it's intense enough for you to feel it. And then the moment your sort of head clears from the pain... You remember fondly of the haggling you did with uh, a smith to help your friend buy this very solid spear that they purchased. Wait, what? That spear that your friend has. A Hansi. Yeah. You ha- you helped them haggle an appropriate price for that sphere. It was a really fond memory. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, 
I think I might have actually made that spear. <laughs> yeah, not to your memory. memory. Oh shit. Okay. That's the thing. You have no that he she took the memory of you forging the spear the and replaced oh, it. Oh shit. Okay. Um I wouldn't know that she did that though, because now yeah, I think exactly. Obviously. Okay, cool. Yes. I didn't make that. We haggled for it. Uh, to anyone sort of looking at Mama Cass, she uh, has resumed knitting, but uh, has a face of pure glee as the cat returns um, and scratches a part of her dress that glows briefly for a second before subsiding in color. She looks to the rest of the party and says, Let me be thoroughly clear, then, young ones. My business is knowledge. Secrets. If you have them, I want them. I got secrets. She darts her eyes to you like a shark smelling blood. Alright, so there's a house, and I'll, like, describe where the house is in the city of Yale. If you go look in this... Oh, what did I say when we went there last? The, there's teacups, um, and something pretty interesting in a drawer, and I'll describe, like, where in the house, the drawer, um, that, you know, I, I mentioned last time, uh, the, the, the house where I met my patron, and all that. Um, you know, so does tell her some of the stuff that that's you know was left over in that house um and you know any other like gossipy nuggets from ward two that i would know i can she tell her shakes her head and stops you halfway through and says no 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 that building has been taken over and looted and raised and replaced this is useless knowledge to me. Hmm. Hmm. She sort of just continues to sort of swap her focus on one of you at a time, sort of waiting for a moment of weakness. I don't have that many secrets. She's not interested in you. Doesn't even look at you. She already mind fucked me or freaked me or whatever. Yeah, no, fuck that. Yeah, she already took something from you. She uh, sort of gets up and goes, fine. If no one will speak, then I will look myself. And she gets out of her comfy looking chair, sets down her knitting needles, disturbs her cat at her feet. Tragedy. Picks it up by the scruff uh, and cradles it like a baby. Um, And she walks up to Becky. And she's maybe... Inches from your face. 
and you just see her sort of staring into your eyes. I sweat a little bit. Make a charisma saving throw. Uh oh. Why couldn't this be done on Jackie? <laughs> Jackie is like 16 levels higher than what we are right now. <laughs> Eight. Eight? Eight levels higher. Eight levels higher. I was correcting her. I was just giving a... a it, was, yeah. it was exaggerating. All rolling more dash for me. Um, because I don't get the the extra thing to my... No, that's like way later, right? But I, uh, I know I, yes, Paladin does not provide... I don't provide a bonus right now. Oh, no, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about fighters get a thing where they have advantage on a thing. But I Indomitable think is a... Like, Indomitable is where you can re-roll a... Yeah. A little later. You can re-roll okay. a failed save. What'd you roll? Uh, sorry. Saving throw is 16. Okay. She... You can feel her walking around and prying in your memories. Things you hold close, things that you treasure, things that matter to you. And since you passed the save, I'm going to let you pick. Sorry, no, that's not true. I have two options in my mind. I'm going to tell you the first one, and you may stay her hand from it, and she'll take the second one. Okay. She is reaching to take your memory of your first victory in the arena. Oof. Do you let her take it? Or do you let her take the second one? Uh, she can have that one. Okay. So you you feel her reach for something and you can feel that it matters to you. And after the cat puts its paw on your cheek and you feel it's the claws like just like into your skin and then retract, it sort of burns intensely and then subsides. And once your brain stops focusing on that burning pain on your face, no scars, by the way. Okay. You remember thoroughly that after you started going to the arena, you had a terrible defeat. Verge of death. But afterwards, you had this fantastic mentor moment from a fighter that you looked up to. And you all went out drinking afterwards and, you know, your career began in earnest the next day. I like that. But you forget of the triumph the victory, the cheers, the poured beers, the curvaceous ladies of the night. You forget that celebration. You forget that night of glory. And you'll never have it. That's all right with me, I think. And uh, with that, she sort of pulls away, pets her cat, and goes, So, who is next then? 
I kind of sheepishly step forward. Just kind of... Oh, I'm sorry. At least I didn't mean to interrupt. That's fine. Either of us can go. I'll I'll step forward. She uh... kind of bow my face to hers, so I'm a little more eye level. Uh Uh-huh. You start to do that, and then as you realize, she's your she's your height. Hmm. Well, that's uncomfortable. And she sort of again, sort of stares deeply at your into your eyes. Make a charisma save. That's a nine. So. <clears throat> The cold wind blows through your fur for a second. And after you overcome the burning sensation of a cat paw uh, through your skin, you sort of remember that you had this wonderful occasion, this camping trip with a bunch of your friends. And everyone made it home safe. You don't keep track with those friends anymore like you used to. But you remember them fondly. Wait, did she just take note? I think she took. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she took. uh, She took your backstory, dude. That changes so much about a Hanzu. I was going to say, yeah, that alters a Hanzu's, like, very core, I think. That alters, like, everything nice y'all are going to see. There. Wouldn't it be a shame if something happened to it? Uh, no, no, no. That's going to make it even more interesting when she uses her uh, fucking rage later. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, but, yeah, I, I kind of blink and just step back to where I was standing before. Just kind of struggled. <laughs> like I looked very, very deep in thought, just trying to realize what was taken. Um, you all realize at this point that her Mama Cass's hair is beginning to wiggle like tendrils. Uh, weird. And she goes <clears throat> and like snaps her fingers at her hair. Who, who, that it then animates like tendrils, but twirls into a, like a pseudo beehive and stops fidgeting. <laughs> uh, and she sort of reduces in height. Uh, and says, well, that was delightful. Who's next? Me. Uh, she um, does the same thing. Make a charisma save. Okay. Plus eight. Twenty-two. Okay. Shocker that the warlock did well. <laughs> Somewhere uh, a patron just like, hey, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you try and slap her hand away. The patron is like, get the fuck. That's listen. <laughs> Occupied. Um. So you feel that she is attempting to take a memory of the first 
Oh, geez, what was it? I had this. She's taking away your memory of arriving to Rapik. Oh, she had that. Okay. So, after she pulls that away, you realize that you've been working for the boss since you were born. And you <laughs> made your way to Yal on one of his jobs, and that's where you met your patron. Okay. Out of curiosity, Kenny, is this... Is her losing her memory affecting us remembering her with us? Or is it just her losing her memory? Just her. Oh. Yeah. So, like, all of these things that you guys know, like, meta-wise, like, you guys <laughs> have heard a Hansi talk about her past. So, like, you know, if you guys crack a cannibal joke and it just, like, doesn't phase a Hansi, you're like, eh? Eh? They're gonna be like, what? You'll be like, well, you had to, like the thick You know, like you guys remember what you know, but the individuals don't. I think the only one out of the all that knows it though is that would be Becky. Becky. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Becky's the only one that knows that. And I don't think I'd be cracking any cannibalism jokes. Me neither. I just that yeah. was the biggest uh, example I could think of. Yeah, the easiest, the easiest example. Hanzi is the one who's cracked the cannibalism jokes. I got out of this so fucking easy, y'all. Yeah, you did. Oh, crap. Because you, like, in a way, in a way, a Hanzi made out like a fucking bandit. She literally yeah. took, like, all, the thing that's burdening her. All her exactly. guilt gone. I Like, a Hanzi feels great and doesn't know why. I couldn't think of anything, and I'm not mad about what was taken from me. <laughs> Becky... I like I like Becky as a uh, uh, an underdog loser more than a champion. Anyway, well, I'm not necessarily thinking that you were a champion. I don't know that we've actually got into what your uh, scorecard was in your arena days, but I'd like to think that anyone who turned to gladiatorship as a profession probably holds their first victory in pretty high regard. Yeah. yeah. How much that sways you is entirely up to you. Of course, like you're your own character, but that's just where my mind went. Yeah, uh, I've always, uh, I, uh, I always thought of Becky as more as like he was probably required to fight just because of the nature of the arena itself. I always thought it was kind. I really thought it was kind of funny to be like the the death arena cook, be like the guy, <laughs> like these these like gladiators surrounded by me with all harrowing faces, like oh god, I have to enter an arena with a giant chittering monster, and then I'm just over there making like chili, just being like, well, this will fill you right up now, won't it? Then mm. he's gorgeous, <laughs> exactly. All right, um, but uh, that being said. I would have probably just be, out of nature of it, be like, "Oh well, you know, two two of our competitors are dead. Becky, get in there." Right. Okay, so um, she then turns to Torin as mm -hmm. the last, and she uh, again, you know, yeah. Also, I know it's not going to make like so. There's no like mechanical effect to this, but he is going to do his absolute best to steal his mind to the point that he wants to give up, give her nothing. He wants to like 
prevent it. It's, I know there's no actual mechanical rule for this, but just as a sure. state of where he's at, he is doing his best to give up nothing. And almost gotcha. like blank his mind. Okay. Um, so, go ahead and make the charisma save. 25. Um, <laughs> Paladin. Paladins, yeah, man. Again, you're like, I get it. I'm proficient. <laughs> Some highs, motherfucker. She fucking... She peers. And then she stares. And you can feel her digging. Um, and you can sort of see her walking through the hall of your mind. And she, like, goes to open a door and it slams. Uh, she goes to rattle the handle on a door and it's locked. Um, and you can see that she's beginning to lose patience. So you offer something finally, and it's something that you don't hold that precious. But she thinks it's such a win at this point that she gleefully takes it. She, so after the pain subsides uh, from the experience of the cat paw, you remember distinctly uh, the incredibly kind um, and helpful uh, high elf that helped you all bring down a malicious evil copper dragon. (laughs) Awkward. Nope, that's such a win on Torrid's part. For like 90%. We can just stay at Rappik now, right? I mean, he hasn't managed to do anything that bad. Who are you kidding? Ahanzi wants to go home. <laughs> yeah. Guys, what are you talking about? Uh, so after that, she is going to turn back to her chair and sort of have a range of emotions between scowling at some of you, uh, pretty much just torn, to uh, pure glee at, like, Ahanzi and such. Uh, Then she sort of grabs the cat and seems to, like, contort the cat into a ball that it seems completely fine with. And then as her hands sort of push it smaller and smaller until it's just, like, barely bigger than the size of her hands together, she throws it onto the ground and there's a crystal ball. Uh, and it sort of flies up in the air about a foot off the ground and a series of the pillows that you guys aren't using stack up underneath it and Mama Cass sort of steps over to the crystal ball and gestures for you all to come close I have taken some from each of you more than others and much from few I will treasure these things dearly. But in turn, I must give you equal value. And so equal value will be yours. So you see a sort of series of clouds in the crystal ball. And as the clouds part, you see a bird's eye view of Yao. And it's almost like the perspective is falling. 
from the sky. And you sort of see the buildings get closer, and then you're passing the tallest towers, and then you're passing the roofs of the normal buildings, and then you hit the street. And the perspective looks up at the baying goat. Okay. It looks through the door, up the second floor, to the sheep room, as it's labeled. And they're lying on a bed made of goats and sheep is a repugnant mid-lust goblin who Can you take this memory too by the when we're done with it, please? I would like this one. I would like to return to sender. <laughs> who looks alarmingly like the boss, but not but isn't him. And then the crystal ball goes dark and says, "He that what you saw is not now. It is tomorrow, midday. Oh. Oh, that's cool. Mama cast, my dear. And she like taps her forehead. That's impressive as hell. That's incredibly valuable information. And she turns around to sit back down and goes, oh, and sort of lifts a finger and goes, don't jeopardize what I saw you. Show, showed you what I shown you. Fair enough. Understand? Or it won't come to pass. Yes, that. Understood. How would you jeopardize it? We can't interfere until it happens. Right, meaning we can't make a move. We can't like be waiting in that room for him to appear before he's already in it. Okay. We can't try and get ahead of the timeline. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I pull out the 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 flyer that I got earlier, and I guess I know where we're going. At some point. Um. Tomorrow. <laughs> Yay, we got time to kill. Let's go get ourselves dirty city whores. I don't want dirty anything if I can help it. I'll tell you what. I'm surprised we're not getting dirty city whores right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I would like to... I would like to look around the... Uh, um, just the normal wares of this apothecary to try to find something that I would want to exchange for the 20 pounds of cut the blood skin. And I'm not sure what it would be worth to um, So, as you sort of peruse the shelves, you hear a sort of thrumming from a sort of inkwell of silvery liquid. Ooh. I would like to examine it. Uh, it the cork is sealed with a ink seal. Um, but it feels a little bit smaller than, um, what's the word? It feels a little bit smaller than, uh, a healing potion in size, but like inkwell shaped. So it's like kind of, it's got a flat bottom. Um, and mama Cass sort of seems to, as far as you can tell, appear next to you. And she goes, aha, that would be a fine trade for the skin. What is it? This, and she 
draws one of the bolts from your quar from your quar the a quarrel from your quiver and sort of pokes it in front of your face, like sort of between your line of sight and the bottle, and she goes, Stick some of these in the liquid, and it will assuredly help with killing your foes. Good enough. <laughs> I'll take that trade. And you hear her whisper in the opposite side of your head than where she's standing and says, It works the best on those who like the moonlight. Ah. I'm sure this will be quite in handy one day. What does I that think even that... mean? I'm not in the conversation. <laughs> I, I, I will okay. happily take the trade. She rolls up the the skin and mm-hmm. points to it, and the cat digs its teeth into one end and begins to drag it comedically out of the back of the room. <laughs> what a handy little pet. He better be. Gave him a second life, that little monster. Yeah, they can be difficult when they're young. Um, <laughs> so, Kenny, what, what do I put down for this? Uh, just five doses of silvery poison. Silvery poison. It's a DC 14 um, constitution save. Uh, and on failure, takes 2d8 poison damage and is poisoned for one round. If Dang. the creature is not in its original form, then it takes uh, full damage. No Whoa. roll. Shape-shifting okay. and wear creatures. DC 14, five doses. Of, and uh, on the head, it deals how much poison damage? 2d8 poison, and it's poisoned for a round. Okay. And if it's... And it does max damage to... Things that aren't damage. in their original form. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's Two. that's some dope shit. Shape. Shape. Fuck up a werewolf. <laughs> that's awesome. Go back to the werewolf. Hi, Mr. Werewolf. Can you hold this 16 for me real quick? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Get wrecked. All right. Uh, do you all leave? Uh, if the door is open for us, then yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you all see that the storm is actually just subsiding by the time you decide to leave. Um, Convenient. And Ahanzi, you just sort of find yourself as the last person leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so between the fourth person and Ahanzi, the door slams shut. Oh, oh shit. Fuck. I kind uh, of swirly turn around. You all wheel around, and Thunderbeard is already leaning against the door, packing his pipe. And he looks um, up at the group of you and goes, I don't think there's a problem, do you? Yeah, I would like yeah, to think there is. I think there is. It's frankly a little rude and not very businesslike to be going around kidnapping people. That's uh, Mama Cass doesn't there. want to kidnap. 
She just got something to say to her. Well, I don't, and she can't, and we can't talk as a group. It ain't it's for a little, our it's ears, a little, it's a little startling to to slam the door on us and separate our party like that. Mama Cass has one minute. That'll be more than enough. He sort of continues to smoke his pipe. Inside, the door slams. Uh, Hansa, you can sort of see through the tinted glass that your party is looking uh, at Thunderbeard. Um, mm-hmm. But behind you, you feel a slight tap on your arm, upper arm. I, I kind of just casually turn around. Uh, there is Mama Cass, and she has a sort of much warmer smile. And uh, she sort of takes her hand into your hand and then her other hand on top. And you can see she slipped something into your palm. And she just sort of taps your hand and goes, Make sure you use it when you need to, dearie. It will, it will do very good for you, I think. And with that, she sort of turns to walk away and the door unlocks. Kind of nod slowly and just kind of shyly mumble a thank you before, like, staring at my... I, I Like, my palm is still clutched around whatever it is. Like, I haven't opened my hand yet. I'm uh-huh. not going to look at it until I'm outside. Okay. Uh, but I'll, um, come, I'll come outside. It feels soft. And the, if you put any pressure on it, it gives. Um, uh, once I'm fully outside, I'll, I'll look at what it is. Uh, so you all don't have to wait much longer than the conversation that you all had with Thunderbeard for you to hear the door audibly unlock and Thunderbeard takes a step to the side. And the door opens and Ahanzi steps out. Does she seem okay? Other than looking at my hand, yeah. <laughs> there was some mind bending shit that happened in there with all of us and I don't I don't know <laughs> if I like us being separated like that because I don't know what she did to you and if what she did something to you we, you wouldn't remember it because she could just fucking change it nope <laughs> but what, what do I see in my hands as, as Misami uh, has been a keen to do, she's going to just put that in a box and deal with that emotion later. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ahanzi, maybe to yourself, maybe in front of your party, you sort of bring your hand forward and open it. And in the the middle is just the the bulb and head of a white rose. Uh, And you can hear Madame Cass's... Of a white rose? Yeah, like just the flower of it. Um, and you can hear Mama Cass's voice whisper, crush it in your palm. Okay. She did say when you absolutely need it to, or what was the instruction? Well, that was, you know, what she said in the store. Yeah. That's fair. I don't know. Katie, Katie heard it. Masami's right. not saying anything. Masami's just panicking in the corner. <laughs> All right. You see me. I'll I'll kind of 
carefully. I'm like looking through my inventory to see if I have anything that would be more delicate to put it in. Hmm. I do. I have a small wooden box. So I'll just kind of take off my backpack and pull out. It's like almost like a little bigger than a jewelry box, I imagine. It doesn't say the dimensions, but it just says a small wooden box. Um, yes, that's up to you. Uh, yeah, it's just in the inventory. Um, so yeah, I'll just kind of carefully deposit the, the flower, like in plain view of everybody, like everybody can see it. It's just a flower. And I put the flower in a box, put the box, like wrap it up with a bit of like twine and just put it back in the bag and put the bag back on my shoulders. <laughs> Well, I guess I guess we've got time until tomorrow Anybody know of any inns or pubs nearby that we can hang out at? I know of one that uh, has some good prostitutes in it, I guess I mean, maybe we shouldn't I'm sure if we get in that district, there's probably a place to stay or that part of the ward. Should we not just stay at that place? It would make it less suspicious. I mean... I don't think so. I, I, don't I have know. a feeling the former boss of Ratbeak has probably a pretty good eye at spotting parties from Ratbeak. Yeah. Um, so we don't want to discourage him getting to the point uh, that we saw in Mamacasa's vision. So it may be best to be nearby. That way by midday we can head over pretty easily, but I don't think we want to be seen anywhere in that establishment until after he is up in the room. Do we want to try to bribe the people there, or what? like, what's that, the... No. So, no. everything we're considering doing is potentially going to manipulate and try to get it tipped in our favor, which will mess with the timeline type deal. Okay. We're playing time travel rules right now. You can't, you just gotta let everything get to the point we know of, so we know he's going to be there mid-coitus, mid-day. We stay nearby, midday, we head over, we head up, and we deal with it. Alright, let's find an inn nearby then. Yep. Okay. Alright, lead the way. <clears throat> so, uh, you all sort of find yourself in the neighborhood, um, and like on the street with uh, the, that brothel, and you see that there is... Um, sort of a, an inn right across the street from it uh, that has a similar naming convention to it. It's called the Sleeping Badger. And then there's one on the other end of the, like the other end of the block, closer to where you all are sort of coming onto the street from. And, uh, and it's just the brass. It seems to be a pretty nice place. What do you guys think? I'm assuming the brass seems a little bit less divey than the uh, sleeping badger. No, I mean, the sleeping badger seems nice. Like, when I say that you guys are looking at a brothel down the street, it's not like the prettiest little whorehouse in Texas. It's like a proper... Like a Hampton Inn? (laughs) Like a legitimate brothel, a proper brothel. they're, They're different from a whorehouse. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what end of town we're in, so I didn't know if there was... <laughs> the, the biggest one in the world. Mm, yeah. In one of the nicer wards. 
we're, we're essentially uh, okay, in New I York don't, City. I don't know which I don't know which word is good, which one's not. I've not. I think we're in like what's good and bad. But what I wanted to try and convey through some details up to this point is that this is one of the richer wards. Okay. So yeah, like, I had, there's no petty thievery here. I got the impression we're in Manhattan. Okay. Right now, of New York City, like we're in New York City, which is yeah, and we're in Manhattan of all places. Yeah, a lot of like white collar crime, not so much, you know. So the brass seems like a very nice establishment. The Sleeping Badger seems like a nice one too, um, but the brass seems kind of like this is where diplomats and stuff would sort of go mm-hmm. as well. Maybe the okay. Sleeping Badger then. We are we ain't bougie. Badger. It's a little closer, but also I think we'd stand out a little less there. All right. Um, so you guys enter the the sleeping badger, and you see immediately why this place has earned that name. Um, on the bar top is a sleeping badger, just in like a little like cat bed type of thing. I want to touch. Please don't touch. Immediately under the badger, saying, "Please do not pet the badger." There is there is a sign that says, "If you feed the badger." Buy an extra course for dinner because you're gonna owe the badger that meal. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the bar is a gentleman, um, human male, uh, wearing sort of an attire that is in, uh, invoking the sort of black and white colorations of a badger. But the rest of the place is sort of a little more mundane, a little less themed. If you will. Um, I blow What? I blow the badger a kiss. It's asleep. You got it. It's my love anyways. Um, there's a fair amount of people here. Uh, let's say about a third of the tables have at least one to three customers at them. There's a couple of waiters, waitresses bouncing around. Uh, a hostess approaches you all. She is um, orcish in nature, uh, and she is petite in frame. She approaches you all and gives a little curtsy and says, Welcome to the Sleeping Badger. Are you all here for a meal, a bed, or both? Both. 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 Wonderful. Well, we have some simple food available now, but dinner will be ready in a few hours. If you can't wait, we can get your room set up immediately, and there will be a bell for dinner. I think getting the room set up would be a good uh, time until dinner is ready. Yeah. Lovely. Is this the entire party in front of me now? Yes. Uh, yes. yes, it is. Great. Have a sit at one of the tables, and I'll make sure I get the keys for you in a few minutes. Excellent. Right. Wonderful. Thank you. Can you love the badger for me, please? Oh, I'm not allowed to touch Papa. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I go to sit down on one of the tables. The badger's name is Papa. I love it. <laughs> badger. Do they appear to have a bar of some sort in the lobby? Yeah, like I'm saying, like this sort of main chamber is very reminiscent of like a mundane public house. Okay, gotcha. Um, so like there is. Uh, a, a bar top, and that on the bar top is where Papa the Badger is. Gotcha. Sitting. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm ordering myself so, a bottle of wine then. Okay. The barkeep asks what kind of wine you want, um, and if you want it set up to your room or to just have it now. I will be having it now. Wondrous. Uh, he sabers the bottle open, um, to which a couple of people like cheer a little bit, um, and then he hands you the <laughs> bottle after Sorry. you pay. Excellent. How much do I owe you? He says uh, gold and three silver for a bottle. That's some expensive shit. Yeah, we're in the nice end of town, and I'll go ahead and pay him. Actually, I'll give him a... a let's do two... I don't know I don't know what tipping would be here. Let's do five, let's one gold <laughs> and five silver. Because that saber trick was neat. Okay. He takes it and shrugs at the extra and takes it anyway. Um, what's your passive perception? Uh, it is 15. So you actually see him slap the 1.3 gold into the till, or lack of a better term, um, and slide the two silver into his apron pocket. Yeah, that was a tip for him, so that makes sense. Um, but the party, I assume you guys are sat somewhere or whatever. Yeah, either at the bar or if we had yeah. mosey to a table. Yeah. It, it, either way, a few minutes pass and the petite orcish woman um, approaches the party with a key ring of five key, of key, of five, I don't know, of five key key rings on a ring. <sighs> <laughs> Words are hard. I didn't think that was going to be the part that was going to fuck me up tonight. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she hands uh, you all the tab. Um, and it's just very simple. It's like room for five, ten gold. Um, dinner for five, five gold. Um, any additionals should be requested. Costs will be added on in the morning. Okay. Does so, this all seem right. acceptable? Yeah, if you could yeah. just send some ale up to the house, or up to the room for us, that'd be great. A round of ale then? Yes. Okay, well then I'll add that to the tab. I think that will be 17 and 5 silver in total then. Alright. And she sort of looks to be paid. I'll, I'll hand her, I'll hand her, um, I'll hand her the 18 gold. She, uh, slips it into a pocket and says, then follow me, if you will. I'll show you to your room. Alrighty. Cool. She takes you guys upstairs, uh, and takes you about two thirds down the hallway, um, and, uh, to one of the last rooms on the right. Uh, there's like only two or three more doors past yours. And opens the door to a rather sizable chamber. Um, there is six beds. Uh, but three of them are much larger than the other three. Like three of them are kind of like deluxe cots in size, but not like the actual beds. And the other three are kind of like queens, I guess. Very nice. Uh, all the beds seem to be, you know, recently furnished. 
in terms of like, or sorry, recently laundered. So it looks very fine in here. It's kind of reminiscent of your room back at Rapik. Okay. All right. Well, as the smallest member of the party, I think that I should rightfully get one of the big beds. Uh, I'm she, down at the top Ahanzi of your head. like laughs in earnest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the petite orcish woman sort of giggles to herself at the joke uh, and sets the key ring of rings with keys on them uh, on the table in the middle of the room and says, "Well, that'll serve as your keys for the evening and and night. We charge three gold for each missing key uh, when you turn them in. So I highly recommend that you turn them back in as best as you can." Absolutely. Don't think there'll be a problem with that. Lovely. I'll have that round of ale sent up as soon as it's ready, and I'll ring the bell. You'll be able to hear it uh, when dinner is ready. I ask that either you send one person down and request the food to be brought to the room, or you all come down where we will have several bardic performances while you wait to be served and are served. That sounds so bougie. We gotta do it. (laughs) <laughs> nice things in life. Yeah, Ahanzi is like, this is it's wonderful. <laughs> so she leaves, closes the door, um, and yeah, you guys have yourself, you know, again, I mean, it's it's almost identical in terms of layout, like it's, you know, it's five but six beds, table in the middle, um, little bit of, like, Crackers, meat, and cheese on a sort of uh, on the wall of the walls. Damn it, now I want cheese and crackers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Anzi will kind of sit and just idly like stuff one of the crackers in her mouth while taking off her backpack again and taking the, the rose out, taking like the box with the rose out, just. I, I just want to look at it more closely. Like, is there anything else weird about it, or is it legit just a flower? To you, just looking at it, it just mm-hmm. looks like a flower. Hmm. Could have been snipped today. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Do you think I... I mean, I can attempt to ritual identify it, but this might be magics beyond my understanding and there's no saying what exactly will get brought back to me information wise I mean I would guess it's more than just a plant she said it would serve me well and crush it when I need it (laughs) village elders they really do be like that sometimes Um, she's a little odd Maybe, but she was very kind. She gave me a gift. Very kind, but still very... She asked for things that I wasn't sure if I wanted to give up. But then I guess we'll know whether or not it was worth it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. If it means means we were getting out of rat beak and living our own lives again. So, wait, what did she... Do you you know what she took? Am I? I'm aware that 
something's missing, or no. am I? No, the no, memory has all. been changed. Oh, never mind then. I didn't say that. For for you, the memory has been changed. Tyler, I mean, like, the, here's the here's the catch twenty two. She was explicit. You guys know that she took a memory from you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But you don't mm-hmm. know what because she just changed it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's that's why I asked the way I did. Like, you yeah. you know what she took from you. How do you and know he, what and she he, took from Becky you? Becky could have responded with like, yeah, memory, but I don't know what. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's to say? Who is to say? In this economy? <laughs> <laughs> and bitch, I might be. <laughs> well, bitches be That's, shopping. Uh, you, you heard the story about that with my sister's game, right? No. I'll tell you about it after session. It's yeah, kind of say, let's, let's say that's a post session. Because um, we don't have too much more that I want to do tonight anyway. That's um, fair. Because that, like, getting into tomorrow is going to pretty, I assume, pretty quickly oh, get yeah. to noon. And that's going to be yep. action, action, action. Uh, and we're already an hour and a half in. Yep. So, <clears throat> so yeah, you guys have... Uh, so do you want to cast Identify on the Rose Blossom? Um, yeah, I'll try to ritual identify it and see what it is. So I'll initially it, you get mad abjuration vibes. Okay. And then as your identify completes, it changes to enhancement. Oh, okay. So like enchantment uh, maybe? Yes. Mm, yeah. Um, and then, so you, you're able to identify this. You realize that when Ahanzi crushes this um, flower in their hand, it is going to bestow a powerful weapon into their hands at the cost of something of their, of them. Okay. Permanently. I will pass that along. It apparently summons some kind of weapon at the cost to the person who summons it. This is some insanely powerful and layered magic. But I don't think the identify was really needed in order to figure that part out. I mean, well, now I know that if I wind up in jail, it's obviously not going to help me talk my way out. (laughs) Uh, that's useful nonetheless. I'll I'll just kind of gently like deposit it back in the box and wrap the box back up and put the box back in the bag. Can you take a look at this vial? I want to make sure that it's is what she said it was and that it's nothing. Sure, I I'll t- do another well, another ritual identify on it. I don't want to lose yeah. a kidney. Every time I use it. She said she wasn't interested in material things. (laughs) At least not quite that material. I don't want to lose the memory of my kidney. (laughs) The memory of your kidneys. (laughs) What's a kidney? Uh, Is it a kind of bean? So you cast Identify, and I forget, does Identify have any caveat to non-magical items? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, it's it's literally just I can find out the magical properties of a thing. Yeah. Um, 
there's there's nothing magical about this substance. Uh, it's purely alchemical. Okay. Yeah, so it's clean. It just kills the thing. Okay. That's... I mean, it it might it might have other properties, but those properties are not, not made magical. through magic. They're made through the the wonder and horror that is nature. Oof, well, I she am... did say it was a poison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So a... don't drink it. That's my it's... professional opinion. <laughs> I'm just happy that it's, you know, it's nice to find an honest poison maker. I mean, it could be really good if we ever run into a party of werewolves that we're going to dinner with, you can poison them all. Or just, you know, anybody who's uh, uh, not portraying themselves as who they really are. I mean, I'm pretty sure it'll still fuck up anybody even if they're not a beast. so I wouldn't say that maybe using that is the default. (laughs) I mean, yeah, this will, this will, this will. It'd be like up. it'd be like making somebody drink weed killer and be like, "Aha! They were a plant the whole time." Got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it's meant to do. But like, <laughs> the word conflating comes to mind. <laughs> I gotcha, you plant. <laughs> Well, I guess. I guess I'll just hang out till dinner and then. Yeah, Hansi's mostly just like before she realizes that she's eaten half of the like charcuterie <laughs> board that's there. Real <laughs> life in a board or in a. <laughs> she's just happily munching. Uh, yeah. So, and sometime the ale comes up. Um. It's not the same orcish woman who brings it to you. She Instead, you have a sort of young, handsome uh, half-elf. Um, he seems to be quite dark in the skin, so his half-elf is probably half-drow. Um, Interesting. Uh, but he is very, like I said, very handsome um, and uh, serves the ale on a ma- massive platter and says... Uh, for an additional five silver, I can offer a song while you enjoy your libations for the evening. Otherwise, I will see myself out. Sure. Do we pay five silver to make Kenny sing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or imply that... <laughs> no, that's not how this is going to work. <laughs> but still. Ahanzi kind of mutters in just very low, draconic, just like, I like the orc better. <laughs> I want to hear pretty music. I'll give him a gold. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he takes the gold and puts it in his apron um, and begins to sing. Um, you all feel the uh, effects of a song of rest over the course Ooh. of your round of ale and listening to his song. Nice. <laughs> nice. Magical sleep can't be used against me. Does that... Involve- song of rest does not make you Song of rest does not make you sleep. Okay. Yep. Feeling. It's it's like a you get it's to roll an extra d six if you're using hit die for a short rest. Yes. Right. So imagine if you will, if you guys were short resting right now, you'd get an extra benefit for that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, we every dice it. you spend, you get an additional d six extra. I think it is. I think you just get a. Or, I think it's just a d six. Yeah. No, it's just yeah, a d six. Just get a d six. It's it's oh it's right. It scales when it, you get dire levels as a bard. You give a bigger dice. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's pretty good though. It is a really good ability. It's a bard flex. I appreciate it. 
It's so a little that, uh, too. He finishes his song and says, thank you all for the coin. I hope you enjoyed your ale. Do not worry. Uh, just bring your mugs down with you for the dinner tonight. Or return the tray when one of you comes down to request room service. And he Excellent. excuses himself and leaves. Yeah, I mean, when dinner bell rings, I definitely want to go down and listen to music. So, yeah, easy to downstairs. You guys do that, and it's not much longer until the bell does ring. Uh, but when you come down, you see them, you know, there's tons of uh, chairs still available, but very quickly, the <clears throat> the entirety of the, the, the public space fills up until the point where there are several people leaning against the front wall of the establishment um, watching while not sitting. Hmm. Uh, there are two performances. One of them is a high elf who sort of seems to recant some very gentle um, sort of whimsical poetry before she plays a large harp for a few songs. Um and then when she finishes, a the follow-up is the drow, um, the half-drow that you all had at your door. Mm-hmm. Um, he performs for the crowd. His songs and instrument are a bit more um, rambunctious. They're a bit more sort of high-spirited. Yeah. And... Uh, as the sort of crowd you all potentially included sort of starts to really get into the throw of the evening. Um, most people have done with their food at this point. Uh, he bows and says, and now some attention from across the street. And he takes the bow of his uh, viola and strungs it wide. And with a loud, long note, four um, burlesque dancers come onto the stage and he sort of performs as they dance. Nice. Uh, and after that, that's pretty much the end of the show. Um, Ahanzi is here for it. <laughs> yeah. You know, the room is in several different states of drunkenness. Pen, you know, mileage differs per each of you, but it's a, it's a fun and raucous night unavailable for all. Hmm. Asami's definitely a bit into her cups at this point, but <laughs> I probably got a Hanzi like elbowing you and like encouraging you to drink more with her. Um, how many dancers are there? There were four. Okay. Well, before the dancers leave, I want to pay them each. I don't know, like three golds if they oh gosh there's five of you guys and only four of them who's gonna get left out in this wait what uh, <laughs> uh, uh. what am well, i being volunteered for there's, there's yeah. five of us total oh, cool 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 then there's only four other than yourself i'll get lap dances from these burlesque ladies uh, they... I don't know if they'll do that here. I think we have to go across the street. That's exactly what you find out to be true. 
Um, they <laughs> basically politely demo, deny and say, you know, listen, we've done our work for Papa Badger today. Uh, but if you all want our services in earnest, come on across the street. Man, this is this is an advertisement, not an offer. Right. There's wine here. I'm good. Ahanzi makes no secret that she's looking and definitely considering, but doesn't go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is delightful. I get to play an entirely different character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm way down with the. Nope. Nope. She just thinks she's out in the world adventuring. <laughs> like Life's grand. She has no <laughs> fucking clue. She's just and living her We never dream. had that heart to heart, so we don't know why you're happy all of a sudden. Nope. So you guys uh, sort of on one note or, or another wind down for the evening. Um, but who stays up, let, let's say, post-midnight late? So the, the shows end at about 11. So. Uh, Masami's probably definitely taking a a long night of it just to kind of relax and not be in Ratbeak and be in a, you know, nicer environment. I, I would say a Hanzi probably would as well, just with without without the, the old memory. Like, she's, right. she's like, man, I haven't done this in so long. So, uh, and the turn will turn in early. Okay. Thistle, you saying up, Becky? Yeah, I'm saying. Uh, sorry, I said earlier. Becky's Becky's gonna go to bed. Okay. So, um, Ahanzi, Thistle, and Masami, you all stay up late enough to see the Badger wake up. Yes. <laughs> uh. And the badger sort of patrols the bar top, licking up the occasional bar peanut or mm-hmm. lapping up a little bit of spiel, spilled ale. But the barkeep walks over and says, Good evening, Papa. You want the usual? And the, ba- the badger visibly nods. <laughs> I'm, um, I am drunk and fascinated by what's happening. Yeah. I'm probably just, like, hitting. Here, look, do you see this? Do you see it? Hey, hey, go look. Shh, shh, don't interrupt. We have to watch it in its natural habitat. <laughs> uh, the barkeep, you're, you're interrupting. The barkeep puts up, like, a bowl of uh, fruits and nuts. Um, and the badger just, like, lean, the, throws its face into it like a trough. <laughs> and then... Uh, after a few mouthfuls, sort of looks around the room, plops down to one of the stools, and sits up like like people. And uh, keeps eating fruit and nuts. <laughs> like, Hans is probably so far gone at this point. It's just like, you run a fine establishment, sir. The badger doesn't even look over; it just nods. 
<laughs> and just raises her mug and downs the rest of it. <laughs> this whole little charade goes on for a little while where uh, <laughs> Papa Badger sort of walks around and you can tell that there's some regulars here and some mm-hmm. of them lean over and go, Evening, Papa. Uh, and he just sort of seems to like be the governor. He just like walks around and shakes his head and nods at a few people. It's fantastic. Um, you can see the orcish woman. She like gleefully wants to to pet him, but you can tell she's restraining herself because she's been told not to in the past. Story of my life. <laughs> this is like biggest mood. <laughs> <laughs> But then uh, his little patrol ends and he sits up on the stage and just sort of badger loafs and just watches the evening roll by. I am fascinated by this. (laughs) I actually at some point in time wouldn't mind trying to find the, uh, the waitress and being like, so I really do have to ask, what's the story about Papa the Badger? Uh, is there a story? Points, is it just how things work the, here? She points to the bartender and says, ask the barkeep. He can tell you better than anybody. I am drunk enough to immediately stand up and go ask the barkeep. Uh, I, so he goes, I want to hear too. Yep. He goes, well, it's kind of a funny story. And he scratches at his beard. Uh, Papa is my badger. We used to adventure with the guild. And, uh, I always told Papa that if we ever got out of that lifestyle, that I'd make sure that he was treated like a king. <laughs> uh, well, I never thought I'd unstring my bow, but uh, I was able to after a successful few uh, missions with the guild. Uh, struck real, real fortunate. And so I said, I said to Papa, I said, Papa, we got enough money. We don't need to do this line of work no more. I always wanted to run a tavern, I think. And, well, I uh, said that loud enough in front of somebody who needed someone to help him run a tavern. That's the good guy across the street who owns that brothel. Uh, he, uh, he owns this place, too, I suppose, in a way. Or at least he inspired me, and he sort of rubs his fingers and thumb together a little bit and helped a little bit get us established. But I yeah, can it seems like a good sort of say, synergy y'all have going here. Ah, eh, well, and he gives a wink. If you're not too savvy, you can't make it very far in business and yow. I was going to go over across the street and uh, spend some, some time there. You know, who knows why. Um, anything- wait, wait, this'll, we all know why. It's yeah, fine. there's about 25 reasons why you'd go over there. Yeah, the first one you think. Um, can you tell me anything about the, you know, the the guy who owns it or runs it? Uh, it's not really my business to say, no offense, but you guys are kind of strangers. I don't want to get too, you know, behind the curtain we with you. We are also rather drunk. Yeah. Uh, more just so we don't step on anybody's toes. I mean, apart from just being polite, is there any sort of custom that we'd need to observe. I, I, he shakes I, his head and says, 
Ah, I wouldn't worry about anything like that, but if you if you do happen to go over there and give them your coin, you just tell them that Papa Badger sent you and they'll treat you nice. I wonder if it's anything to do... There was a weird guy earlier, and I'm actually going to pull out the... drunkenly pull out the flyer and be like, is, this is the same place, right? There was a... He was super... Super, like, trying to be friendly, but was, like, super, like... I'm not used to the big cities. I don't know if that's just how y'all work around here. I don't know. It sounds like someone had a real good time and wanted to tell other people about it. <laughs> far as I can tell. I don't think they have people walking around passing out their information. Wild. Who makes flyers for a place they don't work for? Is the pussy game really that strong? <laughs> I know it's competitive. That's fair. <laughs> no offense, ma'am, but every one of you is born with one. I imagine y'all get quite uh, particular when you're all putting coin to it. Uh, Hansi is just like outright blushing. <laughs> Masami just kind of like opens and closes her mouth a couple of times, not really sure how to respond to that. But I'll but just sort of like nods and is like, I guess. Yeah, it's fair enough. Uh, like I said, I don't know. Not my business. Literally. Fair enough. Well, that's how, uh, that's why Papa ba well, that's why Papa's here. He's very cute. Smaller than he used to be, too. Yeah. Well, that's what happens with dire badgers when they get older. Sometimes they get smaller. Do I have I heard of that being a thing? I don't. I don't actually know if Masami believes that or not, or knows enough to even believe that, or if that's just a thing. That's wild. Nature, <laughs> nature's, nature's weird as shit. Bucky just sort of shrugs and has a. Dr draw of his own drink and says well I appreciate you all coming by and showing interest in Papa and myself nope what was Hope your name sir room takes oh ah you can just call me the barkeep but uh my name's Eric nice to meet you Eric I'm Masami well thank you for your patronage and he sort of tops up your drink without you much noticing yes <laughs> But then he seems to go and get caught up in conversation with some other patrons. That's fair. I'll wander back to the group, and I'm assuming that they are, obviously, we were all in that conversation, but I'm immediately going to then tell you the story of, of the badger, because I felt <laughs> <laughs> like you did not hear what he just said. Like, Ahanzi probably stopped paying attention when they were talking about the badger, but then as soon as the ladies were brought up, <laughs> probably perked back up. <laughs> So as you all, Sammy did you... loudly describe start talking about pussy game being strong. So I feel like that probably would have gotten somebody's attention. <laughs> a fair amount <laughs> like, of people, I wager. Hansi would have like spit into her drink and just like. <laughs> Whatever filter Masami normally would have is gone now. Sorry, guys. Yep. I mean, yeah, <laughs> fair. So is it about this point where you all head off? To yeah, bed? probably gonna crash. Yeah. Yep. Sissel? Yeah. So with uh, the party sort of resting for the night, that's where we're going to end things tonight as well. 
Okay. Of course, been your host and Dungeon Master Kenny. We had our Warlock. Elise playing Pistol. Our Cleric. Masami played by Katie. Our Barbarian. Our wondrously happy-go-lucky Barbarian, Ahanzi played by Melanie. Uh, Our Paladin with Fighter levels. Uh, Torin played by James. And our Fighter with no Paladin levels. Slightly perturbed Becky played by Tyler. Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Good night. Bye. Bye.